Howdy guys, I'm your host Aiden Matthews, and welcome to episode 6 of Aiden on Anchor, the show where I talk about my personal life as well as my journey with this cool little app called Anchor. Hopefully you all are doing well. It's Friday, November 17th of 2017, and I want to jump right into our first topic, and it's a bit of a dark one, so I apologize for that ahead of time. But if you've been looking at the news recently, or just been online in general, you would have heard about rapper Lil Peep dying a drug-related death. Now, they're not sure if Peep was the one who killed himself. They're not sure if there was foul play or sabotage involved. There are some people blaming his friends and all sorts of other stuff. I'm not going to get into that discussion. I wasn't there. I don't know. I'm sure law enforcement detectives are going to find out. And you know what, that's good. But it's not my discussion to have, really. No, what I want to talk about here in particular is the fact that after this man died, this kind of tragic death, right? Immediately going on to Twitter and Facebook and YouTube, and I see all these people using drugs as a scapegoat. People being like, oh look, drugs claimed another life. Oh look, this person died from drugs. When are people going to realize drugs have power? All this sort of stuff. And to me, it just felt very sick. It felt really sick that this man died and that Immediately after his death, there were people using him as an example to progress their social cause. And, you know, like, they didn't even wait a week. They didn't even wait a month. Some people did it, like, the day after. And it felt wrong. It felt wrong to use someone's tragedy as just a platform to get your message out there. You know, like, that's not how speech works. It's not how good moral speech should work. Maybe if you're a crooked politician, maybe, but not people on Twitter with an agenda. And here's the thing about drugs in general that I want to get across. Drugs and the people who use them, you know, it's it's hard to admit for a lot of people out there, but people who use drugs are, believe it or not, actually people. And they typically have a lot of problems that they're dealing with. And these people take drugs not because it's fun. Not because they want to show off. Not because they want to rap about it or whatever. They do it because they're medicating like a problem they have. Whether it's depression, violence, a messed up childhood, whatever man. Like real problems, maybe even mental health ones in particular. And I can tell you, everybody that I know who has done drugs, whether it's cigarettes or something a lot harder, do it because they have a problem. Right? I mean, yes, drugs can be very addicting, true, but you're not just going to take them for the sake of taking them, right? You're going to do it because, oh, maybe you have stress or maybe you have issues. So before you go on Twitter 
to talk about why drugs are the problem and why this pattern of deaths needs to, to stop and why we need to regulate drugs more and shame the people who use them. Please, for the love of God, keep in mind that people who use drugs are people and they do it for actual reasons. If you want to get involved and you want to help somebody out who is on drugs and you want to be part of the solution, start treating them like actual fucking human beings and start giving them realistic conversations and start being a good friend and a good human being to people and don't use others deaths and tragedies as a scapegoat and as a platform to push your own shit it just feels really sick and wrong but yeah that's all I gotta say rest in peace little Pete I'm gonna move on to the next segment now peace Hello everybody, welcome back to Aiden on Anchor. This is segment number two for episode six of the podcast. And in this segment, I'm going to give you my first impressions for Pokemon Ultra Sun and Ultra Moon. It's not going to be a review, I'm not going to get into full detail about the entire game, partially because I've only played about four hours of it. But I am going to give you a little bit of early thoughts and maybe a recommendation on who this game is really for and whether or not you should just buy it in general. Cool. Cool. Alright, let's go. So, it's important that people look at Ultra Sun and Moon as third games. Not sequels, not continuations, not new games starting out a generation, but a third game to a sort of quote-unquote lineup or trilogy of Generation 7 games. Right? Pokemon Sun and Moon came out last year. Those are your first two versions of the game. Version 1, version 2. Ultra Sun and Moon is that third version, and it's different from the other two. The thing is, because it isn't a sequel or a continuation or anything crazy like that, there isn't going to be a whole lot different with Ultra Sun and Moon compared to the original. And for many people, that's going to be a problem, and I think for a lot of people, that's going to be Ultra Sun and Moon's biggest weakness, is that it was simply too similar to the games that came before it. So if you're the type of person who absolutely hated Sun and Moon... Do not buy this game. You are not going to like it. There are very few changes in here that's going to fix a whole lot. You know, there's going to be some new things in here that you haven't seen for sure, but it's not going to fix problems that you had with Sun and Moon. It's just not. If you're a newcomer to the franchise and you haven't played Pokemon for a while, I say Ultra Sun and Moon is a pretty good jumping in point. Mainly because, one, you don't have to play Sun and Moon in order to experience these games. And number two, it's super well polished. The game runs pretty good on the 3DS. There aren't a whole lot of uh, 3D sections. In fact, I don't even think you could turn up the 3D slider because it just doesn't work. There's a lot of features in here, a relatively good post-game from what I've heard, and you get part of the new Pokemon metagame, the new Generation 7 meta. So if you're a newcomer, I think jumping on board here would be smart because this game just feels very polished, like it took a lot of time. Uh, to sort of get to this point, and that's true, because Sun and Moon had to come out afterward. But then that leaves the big question, what about people who are fans of the series that like Sun and Moon? Is Ultra Sun and Moon worth it, from that perspective? And I think it is. I think the changes that Ultra Sun and Moon adds are enough to keep people going. Specifically things like the Ultra Recon Squad, which are a new set of quote-unquote villains. Uh, the little plot stuff with Encrozma. You know, that's interesting. And even gameplay stuff, like Mantine Surfing, 
uh, the new things added to the Rotom decks, like the lottery and the little thing that happens whenever you encounter a new wild Pokemon. And just a little bitty changes here and there where they might change up the route that you go on in the story, or you might go to an area you've never seen before. And probably the biggest change is that there's a lot more Pokemon variety in Ultra Sun and Moon. Meaning, you can use not only Alolan Pokemon, but also Pokemon from the past a lot easier. And they're a lot easier to sort of blend that team. So you get a lot more Pokemon choices here in Ultra Sun and Moon than you did in the originals, and I think that's really cool. But yeah, those are the people I think are going to get the most value out of this game. Those are the people that I recommend buying it. And I think those are the people that are going to enjoy the game the most. And that's basically it, really, as far as my little impressions and review goes. It's a very polished game. I like the little remix songs. I like the things like the Mantine Surfing and the like. The long tutorial from Sun and Moon is still there. Keep that in mind. So the first four or five hours of this game is going to be very slow and very boring and very tedious. But once you get past that slow start, the game starts to pick up a lot more. And now that I'm past that four or five hour hump, I'm very interested to see where this game goes. So whenever I do my full review, I'll have to see if the second half holds up a bit more than, let's say, those first four hours. But yeah, that's my little impressions slash mini review of Ultra Sun and Moon. If you played the game, let me know what you thought about it, either via an anchor call-in or on the comments or somewhere else on the internet. But uh, yeah, that'll do it. I'm going to move on to the next segment. Peace. Howdy, everybody. Welcome back. I'm your host, Aiden Matthews, and welcome to segment number three for episode six of Aiden on Anchor. And what are we going to talk about this time? Well, I'm going to talk about my love of podcasts, because I appreciate a good podcast. In fact, it's the reason I'm doing one here on Anchor, as well as the reason I'm doing one on my channel, Blue Couch Productions. The reason I'm doing a group cast with a bunch of other people. And I'm even doing a podcast with Jay the Zoomster talking about gaming through the ages. Episode 1 is out of that if you want to look at it. But yeah, all in all, that's about like three or four podcasts I'm involved in, including this one. So clearly I have a love for them. But why are they so great, in my opinion? What makes a podcast good? And I think podcasts, more than almost any other form of content, does a great job of capturing just the human experience. If it's like a comedy or a joke podcast, then it's very natural humor, right? Typically, like, comedy podcasts, you know, they're very well leveled to the ground. And jokes that they make are very personal, but they feel more real as a result, right? And then, obviously, news podcasts are very interesting in the fact that you can get a lot of debate on that. You can get popular stories, sure, that you can hear from anywhere, but where else are you going to get first reactions? Where else are you going to get debate? I mean, sure, you could watch the news for that, but typically they don't go too far into deep into the issue, or they have a lot of commercial breaks, or you don't like the people involved there, or it just feels very fake, right? You know, having a news podcast from just ordinary Joe down the street, you get to see different sides and perspectives that you hadn't considered before. And as a result, I think the news experience is a lot better in audio form, as opposed to reading an article or 
watching a YouTube video, for me it's a lot easier to consume news via the ear, via audio. So I think that's wonderful. And then, like, obviously, <laughs> informative podcasts just in general are sort of my bread and butter. Like, Gaming Through the Ages is very much an informative podcast talking about games and how they've evolved. Mixed in with a bit of opinion, you know. The podcast I do with Zach, another YouTube podcast, talks about our information on YouTube and strategies and stuff like that. You know, like, the goal, the goal of the YouTube one in particular is to bring value. And that's another great thing I love about podcasts is that they're so good at just providing value to people when they're done right. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of bad and shitty podcasts out there, and you can probably name a few off the top of your head. But when a good one hits... You can tell just simply based on the amount of value you get, whether they made you laugh, they made you cry, they made you think, or just changed your life for the better. And I think because podcasts are so simple, because there's more platforms that they're able to be distributed on and distributed to, because of the fact that podcasts are kind of becoming popular and we have more people listening to them all together, things like Google Home and the like, the potential of the podcast has grown enormously. And I think now more than ever, you'll see more and more people start podcasts and more and more people try to outdo each other and outvalue each other. Which I think if you're a listener to podcasts, great news for you because you're going to have a lot more stuff to listen to recently. And I think we're going to get a lot of good and healthy competition out of it and that's just going to be fantastic. Because I do think podcasts as a media or a medium has a lot of potential has a lot of room to grow, and who knows, maybe in a couple of years we'll see all sorts of different variations on podcasts that we didn't even think were possible at all, and it'll be super fun to listen to, even if in the future or whatever we're like hooked up via VR headsets and all that sort of thing, you can still put on your favorite episode or your favorite podcast and just sit back and enjoy. So if you have a podcast out there that you really enjoy, be sure to show them some love, because podcasting is a media that I think is absolutely great. Including the ones I do. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Hey? <laughs> Alright, I'm not going to advertise myself anymore. But yep, that'll do it for this segment. I'll see you guys in the final one. Peace. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Aiden Matthews. And this here is the final segment, a.k.a. segment number four, to episode six of Aiden on Anchor. But before we end today's show, I want to talk about a concept that I find absolutely fascinating. It's an idea that I think is... Great advice, not only for creative people, but just for life in general. And I want to quickly admit here that this is not my particular idea. I actually got it off of a channel called Extra Credits. If you haven't seen their channel, you really should. There's a lot of good game design stuff. But one video they did I find super fascinating. And the title of the video and the concept that I want to share with you guys is called Fail Faster. Now, what does that mean exactly? Well, let's go ahead and break it down. Failure. That's the first part of it. Failure is seen in society as a bad thing, right? It has this horrible stigma attached to it. Nobody likes failure. It's not as clean and sexy as success. It feels bad, you know, in some cultures, it's the absolute worst thing you can do. But in actuality, failure is something that is crucial. Failure is something that is necessary. And the thing is, without failure, you can't reach success. Because you can't improve. You can't learn without failure. So I don't get the stigma that's attached to it. So number one, failure, it's a great thing. And it's something that, while you shouldn't actively strive for it, 
when it happens, you need to know that this is just a part of the process and is a stepping stone to something better. But what's the second part, faster? Well, it basically has to do with speed. Now let's combine the two together, fail faster. Basically, the idea is that you want to execute and reiterate your idea quickly so that in case you do fail, you don't end up wasting all your time, all your money, and all your resources, right? There's so many people out there that spend so much time in the idea phase, thinking up the perfect idea, the perfect plan, all this sort of stuff, and will not start actually working on said idea until they get it just right. And these aren't just game designers either. These are authors. These are YouTube makers. These are podcast people, people who will spend an ungodly amount of time in the planning phase until they think their idea is perfect. And then they'll execute on them. Here's the problem with that strategy. Ideas are ideas, right? And ultimately, they don't matter until you execute on them. So by spending all your time on the idea phase, you're opening up the possibility that if your idea sucks, if it's flawed, if it blows, not only do you get that realization of, oh gosh, I have a bad idea, but now you've spent so much time on it, you've spent so much money, you've spent so many years of your life, and the sad part is it could have all been avoided had you decided to execute and reiterate on your idea faster, failing faster, taking a base idea, a base concept, what you want to do, and then actually working on it, putting it out there, and then continuing to improve, right? If I say, I want to do Let's Play videos, then what I need to do is start pumping out a bunch of Let's Play videos. And sure, a couple of them are going to suck, and a couple of them are going to be pretty bad, but here's the thing, I'm going to learn through that process, I'm going to get better, and by the time I've posted like my 100th Let's Play video, there's going to be a gradual improvement there. Because I actually decided to put in the work. I decided to execute. I decided to fail quicker than a lot of other people were willing to do. Either because they have a big ego and they're not willing to put out a bad idea. Or because they think failure is such an awful thing. Because of the fact that I'm willing to accept failure, I'm also in a position where I can learn more and do better at what I do quicker. I'm in a better state because I don't think of failure as something that is awful, as something that inhibits progress. In fact, it's the opposite. But fail faster. Do it in your novels, do it in your games, do it in your YouTube channel. Put out that idea, get as many people to see it as possible, learn from your mistakes, and then continue to improve quicker and quicker and quicker each time. Because that's how you're going to get from a bad product to a eh, sucky product to a meh, to an okay, to a pretty good, to an actually incredible project. It just takes that work, it just takes that effort, and you got to be willing to start executing and reiterating on your ideas a lot quicker. But that's the end of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you thought about this idea in this podcast somewhere on the internet. I'm Aiden Matthews, and I'm signing out. Bye.